Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast, brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. We are going to talk about the UFC boxing. Bellator is now the PFL. There is a lot going on in the combat sports world that we must talk about. And we will do it here on this episode of the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. And Ty, we're going to get right into it. Why even waste any time? How are you doing, by the way? Are you doing good? We just recorded another pod, so it's kind of weird for me to ask how you're doing. When I already know how you're doing, but for the people who don't listen to the other one, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Um, I think there was something I want to say, and I already forget. So that, that's Hell pretty yeah. much that sums up me. That sums up, uh, you know, my 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 brain uh, activity, which is very low. I'll tell you, <laughs> after the flight, at, listen. After I, I knew, I knew what I was in for. All right, I had to wake up at like five, five thirty. So I wake up at five instead of five thirty. I'm like, all right, I have this Uber. I have this Lyft scheduled. Let me just make sure everything's good. And then it says, you know, my flight's at 7, so I have to be up at 5.30. I scheduled at 4, 5.30. I wake up at 5 and see that it's, it's, it's coming at 6.30. I'm like, no, no, that's not what I scheduled. What the fuck? So now I'm freaking out. So I cancel it. Then I schedule um, an Uber, and they come at 5.30, so I was fine. But then I get to the airport, and it's, uh, it's a nice two-hour flight to Vegas, right? They want to take me as far away as possible. Just give me a... A tour of the whole world. Why don't you? Before yeah. you drop me off in Tampa, and then I'm in. <clears throat> I have a two a two and a half hour layover, and then my flight is four hours. But my flight gets pushed back like fifteen times. So I'm like, all right, four and a half hour layover, <clears throat> and then a four hour flight. And it was just it was abysmal. The flight itself was not that bad, but the the four and a half hours of sitting in the same spot, charging my phone, taking it off the charger, using it, putting it back on the charger, and just twiddling my thumbs, eating Doritos for dinner. Um, that sucked. That sucked a lot. So my brain is kind of damaged from that, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. We need to get you some nutrients. So we were going to yeah. do that, uh, after this <laughs> pod, but first we must talk about Brendan Allen and Paul Craig, Paul Craig. Uh, this fight was mainly boring for the most part. Uh, Brendan Allen submission victory, never had a chance of getting my TKO. Uh, I mean, we did, but at the same time, you could just tell, Brendan Allen is just a sub hunter. That's just they, these yeah. two were just sub hunting the entire time. Hey, we almost got a double knockout. I don't know if you peeped that. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> we're getting close. It's gonna yeah. happen one day. I can't wait. We're getting close, but uh, did you care about that? I mean, this was a card that we didn't really care about in general, anyway. So it was just kind of we just got to yeah. run through this to just get it over with. But good win for Brendan Allen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a huge win for him. I had him sub, put that in last minute while I was uh, on the plane. Uh, I, I was I was winning bets while I was thirty thousand feet in the air. I'll tell you that I might have to just start flying and placing bets. Maybe that's the you know that's what uh, gets me right here. That's the the bad juju is being on the ground. So we'll see about that one. But it seemed like there was, a, was six subs uh, in fourteen fights. Um, Lots of finishes. A no contest, right? A premature stoppage. That was. I can't wait to get to that. That was bad. That was Horrible. so bad. Um, yeah, I mean, Brennan Allen dogged him, man. He hurt him. He, he used some good ground and pound. Like, he, he did well when they were standing. Um, but also, you know, he, he doesn't want to stand. I don't think that's not where his bread is buttered. Uh, if he stands for too long with guys at middleweight, 
he's going to get hurt. You know, I, I know it is a weak, weaker division, but you know, when he fought Sean Strickland, what happened? He got hurt. He got rocked. He got finished. So, um, you know, if he messes around on the feet with some of these guys, it's it, it's going to be an issue. But he's number eight now, middleweight, and I think you know, I think who did he call out? Did, did he call out Strickland or Cannoneer? I thought he might have, but I, or yeah, Chimaev? I forget. Um, he called out somebody like a big name, and I was like, ah, I'd, I'd rather see him against Roman Delizze, right? I'd rather see him against. I think the best matchup for him is probably Marvin Vittori. Um, I think that's you know probably the best stylistic fight that Vittori could take when it, whenever he comes back. You know, I don't think Brendan Allen's going to, uh, you know, destroy him on the feet. I think Brendan Allen hits hard, has some power, but, uh, you know, he doesn't like getting hit. His striking defense is pretty bad. Um, I think he is a bit shinny, but um, maybe I think, honestly, I think Roman Delize, he's soon, soon to be a father with uh, Miss Miss J.P. Bays. I mean, uh, Cheyenne Vlismas. Um, so, you know, Delize is pretty good on the ground, pretty good on the feet. I think that'd be a good test for Brendan Allen. Um, but I think Vittorio, maybe Cannoneer. I think Cannoneer has a fight with Imavov. I think, I think. The middleweight division's kind of tough. Honestly, even even uh, Imavov and Brendan Allen would be an awesome fight. Um, but I, I, I do like Brendan Allen's game. I like how he knows um, you know, where to go, how to get there. And honestly, man, he's you know, he works hard and he kind of doesn't really fuck around. Like he didn't even have any hooks in. Um when he put that rear naked choke in, he just put it in and just fucking squeezed, uh, pretty much beat him to the choke. And if you get beat to the choke, you know, hooks or not, it doesn't matter. Ask uh, Amanda Nunes and Julian Payne about that. So yeah, big win, huge win. Uh, you know, I think Paul Craig was kind of up against it, but he's older and he got a nice uh, victory in his debut at 185. So they figure let's, let's rush him a little bit, right. Get him up there. And, uh, yeah, it didn't go well for him, but I think a lot of us figure that. I mean, the odds makers had it. Yeah, he's just not that what good. it was. Yeah, he isn't. He isn't, and he's also older. You know, I think Brendan Allen's twenty seven still, which is crazy. He's still younger than me and you. I, I, I look at him as like a thirty something year old vet. But um, yeah, I think you know. Also having Joe Pfeiffer and Jamal Hill in your corner, that's a great squad to have. Um, I think he's doing good. He's doing good things. Remember, he is from Louisiana, so we got to remember that Louisiana curse. It could creep up uh, one of these fights, but. I think he might be eleven and two now in the UFC. Just I think that might be wrong. Maybe it's eight and two in the UFC. Let's look. So yeah, good finish. Uh, it's what four rear naked chokes in a row, five in the last six. Yeah, he's eleven and two now in the UFC. So very underrated fighter, and um, and I can't wait to see his next fight. It should be like a main, a pay per view main card fight or a, a co main on a on a good fight night or something. But um, yeah. In my heart, I know I'm better than Sean Strickland. That's what Brendan <laughs> Allen said, and he also called out Robert Whitaker. So those are Robert two Whitaker. Of the okay, that's what it was. That, uh, we were talking. Yeah, about. I think I don't think he's quite ready for that stage. Not that you know he's that raw or anything. I just think he needs another you know a Delize, a Cannoneer, a Vittori, and then a Strickland or a Whitaker. You know, somebody that's right there, pretty much at the top, close to a title shot, or that has the title. So yeah, I think that's probably probably what's next for him. I mean. Uh, you know, beating Paul Craig's not going to elevate you up that ladder, but it definitely, you know, finishing him and, and kind of brutalizing him the way he did those elbows. Like I said, it didn't take many of them. He opened that right eye up of Paul Craig and brutalized him. So, yeah, we'll see what's next for Brennan Allen. We'll see what's next for Paul, Paul Craig. But um, good win. Good win for Brennan. Uh, All in, right? Another good win for Michael Morales, too. Uh, I just don't know if he's a finisher. I think that's probably why I got to stop uh, betting him. He doesn't seem it's like TKO. <laughs> yeah. I had the TKO here. It just, it just never really seems like a viable option when you watch these fights. So it's yeah. Listen, it's not I, mad. I got to blame uh, myself. Adam Fugit. 
Adam Fugit is not getting in there anymore. So I think that, that that's smart. But also, I, I said the same thing. I thought Jake Matthews, you know, has been chinny before. And I just think Morales kind of uh, uh, not took it easy, right? He, he threw strikes. It he, seems he, like uh, he does, though. Like, it, not that he takes it easy, but he's just more of a safer fighter as opposed to yeah, maybe he's, going he's definitely calculated. Yeah. And he's a little bit of a headhunter, but he did go to the legs a little bit this fight. Not much to the body. Jake Matthews is more of a body shot guy, but... Yeah, outstruck in the first round, 26-14, and 36-18 in the second. Kind of slowed down the third, but he did what he had to do to get the win. And I think, you know, he didn't use any grappling or wrestling in this fight, but I think that's something that could come, right? I think he could start utilizing that more. The, the older he gets, the, the stronger he gets. Um, I don't, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be at welterweight. He seems like a big boy. Yeah. Um, 79-inch reach, long, long arms. Born in 99, so he's still super young. Still some work to do. I think his striking defense... It's not the, the best, but I like his movement. I like how he kind of gets out of trouble. Um, so I think that could be, you know, a good uh, a good weapon for him at welterweight. And uh, yeah, just a solid win, solid all around fight. I think there was a couple times he stung Jake Matthews, like hit him a little hard, and wanted to kind of go in for the finish, but but held himself back because yeah, not that he was scared of Jake Matthews, but he um, he knew he knew he had a, a very solid opponent opponent uh, in front of him. So yeah, good win. Chase Hooper walked through Jordan Levitt like he was uh, paper mache. <laughs> That was wild. Uh, that was upsetting. But so I, I, I mean, we kind of talked about it though. We knew it was uh, a very much a possibility because anytime we fade Chase Hooper, he looks like prime GSP, and then when we bet him, he looks like Chase Hooper. So uh, good win for Chase Hooper, though. Can't take that away from him. And uh, Jordan Levitt on the uh, ultimate fade list now. Oh yeah, especially when he has the mohawk. As soon as I saw the mohawk, I was like, yeah. Uh... Should have just bet the house on Hooper. Yep, yeah. <laughs> made a mistake. That's the first thing I thought too. So, uh, how about Peyton Talbot in a fight against Nick Gear, which was uh, he got laid on in the first round, and then he there's a lot of grappling in this one. So my TKO bet was uh, that I took in my personal life. Was you were not, close, honestly. Yeah, I was. He, he was. He was. Uh, Nick Aguirre did not want to do any kind of striking. Whether it was on the ground on the feet, <laughs> he didn't want to throw hands. And Peyton Talbot. You know, I think he has some weak. I mean, listen, there was only a seventh pro fight. Uh, I do think he's a little green, but he's a dog, man. Like he, you know, and he, he said it after the fight. Like he was like, "Yeah, man, I, you know, I, I, I didn't fight well. I didn't start out well. Um, that was my best performance." He did look good, and also like he's very, uh, I'll say, like composed. Like he just looks like he's very laissez faire. Like he's just kind of going through the motions. Like he's, you know, he turns up the heat and the intensity, but he doesn't look like it. He always keeps like a straight face, kind of just you know, a uh, blank stare. Sometimes he's very. Um, like I said, calm, cool, and collective is what uh, the, you don't really see that that often with some guys that have six, seven fights. Nick Aguirre uh, only has a couple more pro fights than him, and Nick Aguirre looked like he was fucking he he was ready. When that even in the second round, he was ready to to call it quits, call it a day. Um, and the third round started, yeah, that that wasn't going to end well for him. He tapped instantly. Was it like thirty some seconds, fifty eight seconds? So yeah, good win for uh, Peyton Talbot. He stuffed most of the takedowns from Aguirre. Uh, he was on. The, he got controlled for a little bit, but he did a little bit of his own control. So yeah, I, I like. I like his just jam. Just absolutely stubbed my toe. Oh, that's tough. Um, yeah, uh, he's got. A, he, was he five ten? So he's you know bigger than most of these bantamweights. Um, I, I, I like him, man. I, I was talking shit about him on the contender series. I also bet against him, which is just so dumb. But um, I think he obviously needs to iron out his complete game, his striking, his stand up, uh, his tattoo. That the circle tattoo on his chest is not great, but um, I like his hair. I like his hair and I like his ferociousness. He he goes for it, man. He doesn't 
He doesn't let you rest. That's for fucking sure. And he just turns up in the second, third round. He's going to expose a lot of guys, right? He might he might take a, a vet lesson here and there. He's going to take that first L for sure. But Nick Aguirre not going to get not not the one to give it to him. Yeah, I think the takedown defense is something uh, that he'll have to figure out. But you know, uh, for a while, I think he's going to be good while he works yeah. his way up. I, th- I mean, he's only seven fights in, so he's uh, and like we talk about in between these fights, these guys only get better and better and better each time. Huge improvements. So. so he's twenty five years old, so it's the sky is the limit. How about Amanda Hebos with a spinning wheel kick? Uh, she was. This was a uh, somewhat of an entertaining fight. A little bit of a back and forth. But uh, I never would have thought Amanda Hebos was going to get her. I, I actually turned this fight off because I, I took inside the distance for Amanda Hebos and I turned it off because I was like, <laughs> it's just not going to go well. Then came back and saw that my account was up, you know, three <laughs> times what it was. And I was like, whoa, what happened? And I went and looked. I was like, holy shit. So then I went back and watched it. It was pretty nasty. But yeah, it was nice. Good win. Good win for Hebos. Good win for Hebos. I will say, though, that first round, she. Uh, good. Her striking defense is something it's that good. it's never it's never going to get good. Yeah. It just never is. And she like just looks under like offensively she can strike a little bit. So the thing that the the pro- the main problem is her movement and her like, you know, she kind of just gets stuck in, a, in in boxing exchanges. She can't she can't box. She can kickbox. That's what she's really good at, right? Setting up kick using kicks to kind of set up her hands, right? She did a bunch of spinning back kicks to the body. And what did that open up a spinning back wheel kick to the head? You know, you, you don't see that that often, especially in the women's divisions. Like, you don't see spinning back wheel, spinning wheel kicks. Um, and then she, she, you know, her hands weren't working that well. But once she started using her kicks, Dom Cruz, another great night for Dom Cruz, got to say. Him and Paul Felder together. Excellent. Um, um, he kept saying, as soon as she started kicking, like, now she's using kicks, opening up her hands. And Luana Pinera's not throwing kicks. So it's just a completely different style, a completely different fight from round one to round two. And then she started, you know, she started landing her own boxing. I think Luana Pinheiro, her boxing's pretty, it's, it's not good, but she, she hits hard, right? She kind of comes with the same basic combos, right hook. Uh, was it left, right hook, left, upper, left, left hook, right hook, something like that. Just, she kind of just wings hooks, right? Just basic combination, two punch combo every time. At least he boss would mix it up and end her combo with a kick to give her another look. Um, so I will say that, you know, she kind of exposed Luana and that, in that sense, but she also almost got exposed in that first round, man. Like she just, when she's in a boxing exchange, she's, she's not good at pulling out of it. She's not good at backing up. She's not good at moving around and moving out of people's power. She moves into people's power. So a lot of issues, man, a lot of, a lot of issues. And I think going forward, she's still going to be somebody that we fade against big power, power punchers and just overall better strikers. I don't think Luana Pinheiro was a better striker and she still outstruck her for the first, in the first round at least. So, Going forward, we get we definitely got to keep our eye on who she matches up with because she is a, a a bit of a difficult matchup. She wasn't able to do really any much wrestling or grappling in this fight, but I think Pinera's a black belt on the ground too. So she finally went to her game plan, used kicks, and that that won her the fight. So shout out to her. Shout out to her. Uh, how about Meek Tebek Orobai making his UFC debut and making it in a dramatic fashion with a neck crank of Euros Medic. Uh, it, was a good, it was a good win. I don't have much to say, to be honest, on this one. Yeah, but. it looked like it hurt, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> seven seven takedowns, eight significant strikes landed for Meek Tebek. Uh, Euros Medic did definitely hurt him or clip him a couple times before he got taken down. But yeah, Euros, man, couldn't can't stop those takedowns. That's that Alaskan um Alaskan, Alaskan FC that we know about. And you warned you tried warning me. I was like, nah, man, he's got this is 
this is the doctor we're talking about. And, um, yeah, he needs, he needs a doctor for that, for that neck and that jaw. That's for sure. He stinks. Uh, how about <laughs> Joe Anderson, Brito, Ninja choke out of nowhere. It seemed, uh, like, you know, it, not that he, the fight was kind of, uh, even I would say early on, but yeah, Joe Anderson, Brito cashes us out with a, our first ever double play here. Uh, money line inside the distance. Plus one ten, plus one sixty five. We hit both of them with this ninja choke at the towards the end of the second round, and big win for Joe Anderson. Let's fucking go, baby. That's our boy. That's our boy. He did get taken down and kind of neutralized, and I thought that might happen. JSP figured, you know, he didn't want to strike with him. No. So how do I get? How do I uh, neutralize his explosiveness? Just take him down and, and lay on him and control him, and that's exactly what he did. But then it got, you know, it kind of got a little sloppy, and he just quick, quick second. You cannot rest. With uh, with uh, Tubarau, Tubalau, um, Joe Anderson Brito is explosive. Not just with the, with the hands, but with the subs. Man, he grabbed that choke quick, and he fought, he had that. And I thought JSP was going to be able to like uh, shimmy his way out, but he 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 was stuck. Um, and to have a you know front chokes are pretty tough, right? You have to really have a great front choke to to go after and to to you know cinch it in that quick. And he did, and he does have great chokes. So JSP, poor guy. I mean, he was fighting well and. Uh, you know, just let it slip. So, shit. As you die, it was a great win for Brito to go through some, you know, uh, a little bit of adversity. Go through the fire a little bit, yeah. if you will. You know, get taken down, get laid on, get get your game plan neutralized before the fight even starts. But then at the very end of the second round, quick, quick guillotine or a ninja choke, if you will, and uh, cashes us in, baby. Hell yeah, uh, Jose Johnson with a buzzer beating uh, rear naked choke to cash out right inside the distance. That was nice. Um, I don't know, I'm I'm just gonna kind of run through the last couple. Of yeah, the years. fight. I mean, the fight as a whole was not great. Chad Anheliger, uh, Dominic Cruz for some reason kept calling him Anheliger. I'm like, that's not it. But um, <laughs> close enough. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, you're doing your best. The guy's not gonna be in the UFC much longer. So, uh, yeah, good good for Jose Johnson. He, he's just so big for that weight class. I feel like he. I don't know if that's even the, the best weight class for him. Is he six foot at 135? But yeah, he's tough, man. As soon as he was able to get that choke, I think he was he was looking for it. He was looking for it, and he kept they kept reversing. He kept reversing, kept sweeping him, and and kind of just getting out of position because Chad uh, Chad Chad kept taking him down, getting some control. But Jose, just a much much better athlete. And sometimes when you have these fights with a wrestler against a guy who's maybe uh, you know the, the guy with the wrestling advantage can get out muscled by the the supreme athlete and Chad Chad Helliger. Terrible athlete, Jose Johnson, great athlete, and sometimes that's all that matters, right? Johnny Walker will kind of muscle his way out of situations. Yuri Prochaska always used to do that. That's what he did to Glover. He's not better on the ground than Glover, but he's a much better athlete, so it, it worked. So that's uh, that's what Lobo Solitario did in this fight. I was on the plane watching this. I'm like, God damn it, man! This this guy uh, behind me is like, Are you all right, bro? I'm like, Yeah, man. I need this fucking inside the distance, and then boom, 11 seconds left. Cinches in the rear naked choke, tap him out. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Uh... I thought I had Christian Leroy Duncan. I, I I don't know why I didn't put this on the card. Maybe I was being a coward. But uh, elbow city, absolute elbow city here, <laughs> uh, with those flying those those elbows were just going left and right. Dennis Tulin took a beating. He stayed upright for a yeah. while longer than I thought he was going to, and then eventually he hit the ground. And then he went down. Yeah, and it was it was curtains for Mister Tulin. It's probably curtains for his UFC career. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, man, I um, not sure why he keeps. Getting, I I don't know what he did to uh, deserve the matchmaking yeah. that he's gotten. You know, getting Kizriev in his debut was was tough. 
getting Jamie Pickett was like, all right, here you go. I'm so sorry for giving you an undefeated Russian. Uh, and then he got John Young Park, and I was like, that's not much better. And then he gets RoboCop, and then he gets Christian Leroy Duncan. Uh, probably not as you know advanced as the last two, but uh, a higher prospect, uh, a big-time prospect. And, uh, yeah, he got smoked. He got smoked again. I mean, it's the seventh time he's been finishing his career. He's 11-9. Not quite sure what he's still doing. Hopefully we get one more fight so we can just absolutely hammer whoever it is inside the distance, but not I'm- sure that's happening. Mick Parkin wins an absolute snoozer against Kayo Machado. Uh, lots of grappling involved in this, and then there was, and then in the third round, it was kind of just two fat guys standing in front of each other, uh, <laughs> just you know throwing some punches here and there. But yeah, really, I mean, good win for Mick Parkin though. He he needs to kind of stack these W's and get that experience. And uh, Machado, who knows what you know, two sixty five. Yeah, I mean, heavyweight is just a rough, rough. Uh, you know, situation. Yeah, he's pretty terrible. Uh, I mean, I, I was warning people because the contender series fight Machado was in was just one of the worst ever against Slafarski, who did nothing, quite literally 17 strikes landed. Um, and he was supposed to be the better striker, which was the craziest part. So, you know, yeah, I was not impressed by Machado at all. And um, honestly, at least Mick Parkin has kind of surpassed expectations, right? He was, I didn't think he was going to win on the contender series. He did, and now he's, what, 2-0 in the UFC? Listen, that, that's... <laughs> It's not. It's not the hard, easiest thing to do. I think he was an underdog against Nevis on the Contender Series. Outboxes Jamal Pogues, which I thought he he should look to wrestle, and then he looks to wrestle against Machado. So at least he kind of has a well-rounded game, right? You don't see that with heavyweights. You see guys who they have to do one thing, and if they have to do like Rodrigo Nascimento, great on the ground, but when he stays, you know, when he stays standing, not very good. Even though his last fight against Dante Almeida, he did strike it out. Um, so I think Mick Parkin might be in the mold of somebody like Nascimento. Uh, not not as much of a finishing threat, but he's a big boy, seventy nine inch reach, six four. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> he's not the sexy. It's not the sexiest uh, prospect in the world, right? But it's also heavyweight, where you just have a lot of slop. So if he has to slop his way to wins, I- I'm not really mad at him. I can't be mad at him. So maybe we, uh, maybe he can get a, a nice upset pick in the future if he's matched up well. We'll we'll have to see. How about Jekka Sergi? Taking taking care of business with an elimination of Lucas Alexander, uh, one minute and thirty one seconds into the fight. Uh, thank God, I, I know you took this, but thank God I stayed away from this nonsense. Yeah, not great. Yeah, it just we, we look good. We look good early, Luke, and then um, <laughs> you know a scram. We don't see this that often where there's a, a guy you know scrambles up to his feet and tries to get away from a guy who you know is chasing him. And the guy who's chasing him ends up actually landing on him and hitting him. And that's exactly what happened in this fight. It's, it's, it's something we never see. It's something I've noticed before. I'm like, damn, I want to, I want one of these guys to just get caught as they're, you know, running on the outsides, trying to get it, get away from him. He got clipped huge right hand and then, um, sat him up against the cage and said, here's a couple more for you. Um, and the ref was like, yeah, Herb Dean stepped in. Uh, one of the announcers like Herb Dean stepped into the perfect time. I'm like, perfect time. I don't know about perfect, but uh, he got in there. So, Good win for Jekka. Had to, had to get that. Had to get that. So we'll see. Dude, he hits hard. Like he, he has like even just his body strike at body kicks that he just throws. Like he throws with fucking danger behind him. So he has to get the right matchups for, for sure. And uh, I think he might even have some defensive issues. But because I think Lucas Alexander tagged him a couple times uh, before he got eliminated, like you said. The, so the time is coming for Jekka Saraki. Okay. Yeah. It's not. This yeah. isn't. The I'm glad he got this win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's just say that. How about Eileen Perez getting a win against Lucy Pudilova and then tells everybody that what she does is not porn, it's art. 
I listen. I love art, so uh, <laughs> let's keep it up. I'm a big. I'm a big art major, if you will. I love art. If that's what we're talking, yeah, I love the art. The art museum. I wonder if she can come paint. Her art, art is OnlyFans, by the way. Everyone out there who doesn't <laughs> listen uh, or who doesn't pay attention to this all that much. That's uh, this. This this woman says that her OnlyFans is free that night, though. So hopefully, you guys all. Uh, Cashed in, yeah. Cashed in on that free opportunity. I might have to find the back channels and see if I can, uh, you know, work my way to see some of her art exhibits, if you will. <laughs> Maybe if she has a museum, I don't know. This fight was yeah, a uh, though, by the way. I mean, this. yeah, perfect matchup for her to get somebody who can't wrestle in, in Lucy Pujalova. Um, and I think the scorecards were a bit different and off. Not different and off, I guess, but like I think somebody had uh, gave her a ten eight. Is that is that true? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, so the the, first, the second round, Derek Cleary, who uh, – so finally we have an announcer, a, com- a, a ring announcer, in-ring announcer who can pronounce Derek Cleary's name right. Shout out to uh, Joe Martinez. Clearly. Derek, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he gave Eileen Perez a 10-8 in the second round. Nobody else did. Um, she did a lot of a hit thrusts, if you will. I think it was it was, a, it was a little bit more than that. That fight got a little X-rated for a little bit. I'm not sure about Lucy Pudelova's interest in that, but I can tell you I was locked in. How about Nicholas Moda, Trey Ogden, <laughs> ending in a no contest because Mike Beltron doesn't know uh, that, that the guy was not – he. I mean, I even knew that it, it, this fight was not over. We heard yet. him breathing. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't understand why he jumped in so early. Uh, cost me a Trey Ogden uh, a submission bet that I had, which really upset me and really angered me, but – I knew it as soon as he they called it. I was like, they're gonna run this back, and yeah, and nobody knew at the time. They all just thought, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a stoppage win, and I'm like, I mean, the last time, the last couple times we've seen um, an accidental stoppage, or what does it get listed as a premature premature stoppage? It gets turned to a no contest right away. So that's something that they're not fucking around with. Here's something I have to ask you: if both fighters agree to it, why can't we just put them back in the same position? Ish, right? I know it's not. It's not. You're not going to get get it perfect, right? You're not going to put them in the same exact position with the same amount of leverage in the choke and whatnot. Um, but why not just do that? I, I just feel like there's got to be a better way for this to be solved than a no contest from a fight that a guy was obviously winning, and it was like and obviously now he, and now he got to be done, like. Yeah, you, you like Trey Ogden is the one who got screwed. Nicholas Moda just made out like a fucking bandit with this because yeah. he was about to get finished and he didn't. And Trey Ogden could have maybe even gained himself some fifty thousand if uh, you know things. You know who knows? Maybe, maybe he does win it. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, I just seriously have no idea what Mike Beltran's watching. Like I'm not some expert. I don't it's think a I'm choke. an expert, but like yeah, let you, him go you want out. Him to give you a th- you want him to give you a thumbs up, but his his entire hand is in between his neck and the other guy's bicep. <laughs> you want him to get the choke cinched in deeper just to be like, hey, I'm alive, but now I'm not. <laughs> like I, I don't understand. Like his legs were his legs were still flexed, right? His one leg was bent, trying to cut kind of trying to um you know put his foot on the ground and kind of just work his way out of a, a deep sub. Like that's what he was trying to do. He was we heard He's him surviving. through the mic breathe, yeah, like, breathing. You can tell when a guy goes limp, right? I understand grabbing the hand. I understand grabbing the hand in certain kind of subs, right? I, I, in certain positions. But in that one, he grabbed it twice, and neither time did his hand go limp. That's when you see a problem. Like, if, like remember when Herb Dean stopped the Robbie Lawler fights because Robbie's arm just dropped, and everybody thought, including myself, and I think you, we all thought he was out. Yeah. That's, that's where you can kind of get a pass because it's, it's, a, it's a tough 
it's a tough call, especially split second in the moment. You got to make a call. You got to do something. And Mike Beltran just, it seemed like he rushed. He rushed. He's like, all right, I got to, I got to hurry up and stop this fight. Even though, you know, this guy might not be out, but maybe he is. So just a terrible, and listen, I've never been a a big Mike Beltran guy. So. And he took some time off. So it seems like, uh, take some more, take some more time off. Unfortunately, Joel Embiid, by the way, breaking news will not play tonight against the Timberwolves. That's great. Love that. Hip soreness, hip soreness. So that's, that's just makes that game unwatchable. Pretty much. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Hammer, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, or Rudy Gobert's rebounds. That's what that means. Paul Reed overs. Uh, how about uh, what do we have? We have one more. Rafael Estevam takes the uh, win against your boy uh, Charles Energy Johnson. Uh, do you care at all? I, I don't think I watched a punch from this fight. Um. Yeah, uh, Charles Johnson. He could have gotten that fucking win, but he just can't stop takedowns. Like he's pretty good at getting himself up. But he can't stuff takedowns. I, I think Estevam has some potential, but because um, he's very explosive. But it's a pretty it's a division where I think he can rack up some wins against some lower level guys, right? Charles Johnson, I don't know about him, man. I think he just you know in the third round he was doing well. He was stri- he was out striking Estevam. Estevam was definitely tired. Estevam striking isn't amazing, but you know Charles he's not a finisher. Charles Johnson he's not a big power play. He's not a round winner. He's not a minute winner. Like I'm not really sure how he's going to win more fights going forward in the UFC. You know what I mean? I think he might honestly just be a, a very good regional scene guy. Can't stop takedowns. And when he does get, he, he gets up, but, but he doesn't do anything. So I'm, I'm kind of confused. You know, he, 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 he's able to land strikes, but they're not really damaging. So as a whole, I don't really know what he, what, what we're doing here. And he trains with great guys. So it's like, you know, what's the issue? Uh, I did just have the uh, bonuses in front of me. Here we go. We have $50,000 to Brendan Allen, $50,000 to Amanda Hebos, $50,000 to Joe Anderson Brito, and $50,000 to Jika Sergi. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Turn up is right. Uh, Let's talk about Bellator 301 real quick. The last of the... uh, under the Showtime, uh, whatever banner they were, you know, I forget what the fucking name of it was, but I don't really care, to be honest. I'm just going to quickly run through. Jason Jackson eliminated Yaroslav Amasev. What do you think? About, what do you think? Uh, that guy, uh, listen, I don't know. I've only seen Amasov fight a few times. He looked horrible on, on Friday night. It was That was bad, bad, yeah. bad, 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 yeah. bad, bad, bad. Yeah. He... That guy, Jason Jackson's good. I'm not, not, not taking nothing away from Very him. Very underrated. Those, those uppercuts were nasty. Yeah, they but were. What was what was like? What was Amazon's game plan? Nothing. You it, know, it was like to kind of like spam takedowns from 30 feet away. And yeah. I, I don't know if I don't know if he even was really training. Like I don't, I really don't know. That's why I was like, when I saw minus 500, I just kind of threw it in at the end of the parlay. I was it like, oh, okay, it's like Patchy Mix did his job, you know. Patchy Mix, man, yeah, and Patchy Mix just dominates Sergio Pettis. Uh, it really was not that all that close. Patchy Mix is a t- is a problem. I'd love to see him be in the UFC, but uh, it seems like he's going to be thrown into that cesspool of uh, PFL and uh, <laughs> the PFL Bellator uh, mix. Uh, the Rafion Stotts fight was great. Danny Sabatello uh, just spamming takedowns over and over again. He, he got him down a few times, but Stotts just did just enough to kind of get the W. Uh, I think it was a twenty nine twenty eight. I had it. Um, that it, it all came down to that third round, and Stotts won the third round. Dropped him yeah. a few times. 
Uh, AJ McKay gets a win against Sydney Outlaw. Beat the shit out of him. Had him leaking all over the place. But uh, and then Alexander Shabley beat uh, Patricky Pitbull. Other than that, I could care less. So um, yeah, what else? I was I just had this card open. Yeah, yeah there's, um, a, there's a lot of like uh, younger sort of our boy Archie Colgan. I'm yeah. a big Archie Colgan guy. He got a win. Denise Kielholtz getting back in the win column. I know it's your girl. Uh, another guy, another Kizriev, Timur Kizriev, undefeated Russian. It's always scary when you see an undefeated Kizriev or some kind of name like that. Ramazan Kuramagomedov. That's a tough name. He got a win. Islam Mamadov got another win. Cody Law. I saw the Tim Wilde, Mike Hamill fight. I think Tim Wilde was a was a underdog. Yeah. And um, he smoked Mike Hamill. So that was, I guess that was kind of cool to see. So we have another UFC in a couple weeks. We had some boxing, I believe, that went down. And we have some PFL coming up this week. So what do you want to talk about? For, I guess we should kind of preview PFL first before we go head into the boxing uh, neighborhood of of things and of that nature. We had oh. say, so I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, nothing. I, I don't even know. I just kind of opened my mouth. <laughs> uh, they're, this is probably their biggest card of the year, right? Usually it's, I mean, a Black Friday sort of uh, situation. Five o'clock start. Going to have the uh, combat sports world to themselves with this one. I don't know if we're really going to do any uh, preview or I'm not, I'm not making picks on this, but. Yeah, uh, no, I mean. It's a good card, right? Uh, Clay Collard, OAM for the. I think it's is this the the final? Yeah, this is, a lot know. of these are okay. finals. Okay, let's well, finally we're getting to the finals. Uh, hopefully, we can abandon this whole thing after this, but I, I don't think we are. It's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think OAM should win. I, I think I heard somebody say this might be OAM's last fight. Um, so that kind of sucks. He really picked it up after he left the UFC. Uh, Larissa Pacheco's fight, Marina Makhnatkina, who you know. Uh, She's good until she fights good fighters and she loses. So I think she's probably going to lose here to Larissa. Magomed, Magomed Karamov and Sada Busi. That should be a pretty good fight at 170. Impa Kasagana. I didn't know he was in the championship at 205 against Josh Silvera. Um, but Josh Silvera is pretty, uh, pretty tough. His only a loss coming to Omar Yakhmedov. Kayla Harrison. I mean, she's probably going to smoke Aspen Ladd. So, uh, that's going to be fun. Bob Derek Ross. Brunson making his, making his debut against Ray Cooper the third. So maybe violence will erupt in that one. And honestly, the 145 final Gabriel Braga, who's undefeated coming off of a win against Chris Wade after he destroyed Marlon Marais and just an unfair matchup there is fighting Jesus Pinedo, one of the better <clears throat> Peruvian fighters in the, in the world. Uh, he missed Wade in his last fight, but he dispatched du- of Dustin uh, Bubba Jenkins quick. Also beat the shit out of Brennan Lochnane a couple fights ago. Yeah. <clears throat> In like a minute, and he also did lose to Mr. Braga, so it was a close split. So this is a nice rematch. <clears throat> I think it's probably their two best at 145. So um, yeah, let's see what they can do. Maybe the maybe the winner can fight uh, Patchy Mix, or no, uh, Patchy Mix at 130. Maybe the winner can fight Patricio Pitbull or Aaron Pico. If we're going to do some cross cross promoting, now that it's not cross promoting, it's a, it's a joint combination. Bubba Jenkins, Chris Wade, also in the prelims of this card, just for you know, just for fun. Why not? But yeah, Biagio Ali Walsh getting in there as well. Uh, Gotta get, I get, he's still an amateur. I still guess. an amateur. I don't know when. They're having amateur fights on the PFL uh, card, which is interesting. But yeah, he's fighting uh, a supervillain uh, from Virginia named uh, Joel Galarzo Galarza Lopez. He looks nuts. He's a large bald head. So uh, look out for that. Yeah. On it's Friday a red background. Uh, Ray Cooper and Derek Brunson should be awesome. Just some of the odds on some of these fights, just for just for shits and gigs. 
Uh, minus 175, 225 for Ray Cooper against uh, Derek Brunson. Interesting. Uh, Kayla Harrison is minus 1,850 to, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. to uh, Aspen Lang. Probably a safe bet, too, which is the sad part. Yeah, that, I mean, uh, an elimination probably will be the best uh, best case scenario. Uh, <laughs> Impikasaganai is minus 200. Uh, you got uh, Magomed. Magomed Karimov is a minus 165. So C is a, uh, a live dog there, I think. He's just tough, man. He probably is going to yeah. get taken down, but he just he finds a way to get these fuckers out of there every once in a while. Uh, Larissa Pacheco is minus seven hundred to the uh, lady that she is fighting. Uh, Hennen Ferreira is a, Marina. Yeah, whatever. Plus two hundred. Uh, Dennis Goldsov is minus two fifty, and uh, Clay Collard is plus two ten to uh, Obin Marcia. Underdog Clay, baby. Yeah, I- I'm probably going to fire that for just for just for uh, fun. But uh, other than now, that. Does Clay Collard, if he wins, does he beat Usman or Magomedov? What do you think? God no. <laughs> well, Usman, Usman's on all the shit. So. Once he gets off the shit, once he, you know, yeah, maybe what about he, Alexander he, he looks deflated after that. He looks like uh, yeah. SpongeBob when he lost his anchor arms. So <laughs> uh, that that could be the problem. But uh, what what boxing do we have to uh, discuss before we get out of here? We have first off. I want, what do you think of this PFL Bellator merger? What do you think? Is it going to be? Is it going to take? They what what? Don Davis, who I think he might be the next Joker, the next jokester, I should say. He's not the Joker. He's a jokester. Talking about how um, the top the, the top two non-UFC organizations in the world are now coming together to make um, – what do you call it? The co uh, – basically, basically, he's saying we're gunning for the UFC is what he said. We're coming for you. We're coming hard and aggressively, and we're coming a lot. That's wow. what he said. I was like, uh, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, but most of your good fighters are in Bellator – you know, or coming from Bellator, and you're still keeping the entities separate, right? So now they're, Makes you know, they, they said they're, they said they're going to do a champions versus champions card in 2024. That should be dope. That should that's something they should start it off and be like, all right, boom, we're putting everybody against everybody. Yeah, uh, there's probably going to be some mismatches, but it's going to be fun, right? It's going to be fun regardless. <clears throat> you're going to see different guys <clears throat> from different parts of the the world who have had different journeys, UFC or not, coming together. That should be fun. I also kind of worry because, like, the UPFL has, like, they don't have certain divisions. They only have, like, a couple divisions. Also, they don't allow elbows in non-title fights, which is just, I don't even know what the point is. But but now, so Bellator now becomes one of five live fight franchises of the PFL. Five fight franchises, right? So you have the PFL, Super Se- uh, PFL League season, which is just, you know, regular PFL. You have the pay-per-view Super Fight series, which is... Pretty much Francis Ngannou, Jake Paul, Amanda Serrano, and that's it. And we haven't even seen any of that happen yet. Nope. The PFL Challenger Series, which airs on Fubo TV, which no, no one watches. Right, it's just a bunch of young, <laughs> a bunch of young challengers who aren't good. Um, PFL Europe, who you know they made some big news signing Cedric Dumbe, and then when he made his debut, they didn't even televise his fight in the states. So that's good. Um, and now they have obviously a Bellator. So uh, I guess pretty much the biggest thing we we're going to get uh, at least look forward to is Kayla and Cyborg, right? I guess that's the big thing you look for next. But yeah, I I, I really don't know. You know, a lot of what a lot of like the press releases that they dropped for this news was kind of confusing. Like a lot of people weren't sure what the, what to take from this. They were like, "All right, so we're still we're still keeping these two entities separate for the next year or two. Okay, that's dumb. 
Um, we still can't elbow guys that aren't in title fights. That's dumb. And we're still doing the smart cage. That's also dumb. You know, so I don't know. I, I hope there's more clarity on this going forward. I, I understand it's, it's you know, they're kind of building this for 2024. But uh, I got to say, I'm kind of confused. Yeah, I don't get this. Uh, if I was going to like merge them and just do it the right way, like maybe start it off, like you said, with that champions versus champions and then just kind of make them one entity. I don't, you can call it the PFL. That's fine. And sure. run your stupid no more season. tournaments. Yeah, like run your stupid season. They're going to do that because that's like they they believe that is like the way. And I disagree vehemently. Uh, I think it's yeah. the stupidest <laughs> thing in the world. But whatever. I, I just think fighting is fighting. You don't need this whole regular season thing. I think the idea of it is like, oh, that's cool to try to get the casual to join in. But nobody's going to be like watching and be like, oh, did he? Uh, what's his record this season? No, it's like yeah. no one cares. These guys are fighting. It's And then everybody pops for steroids, and you're like, oh, well, half the roster is not competing in the tournament. I'm like, well, what are we doing? What's what's the point? And then also half of the tournament, you know, uh, the regular season or whatever is all in the states, and then the playoffs start, and now we're going to other countries where guys can't fly to. It's like, what are we – what are we doing? This is how you make your PFL as successful as it can be. Make sure it's on TV. Yeah. Make sure the people that we care about are on TV. And make yeah. sure you can bet on it. That's it. Yeah. That's the only and, thing and you get, can really do. And get some guys that get, we know. <laughs> and get rid of the Ask Jeeves cage, please. That thing is not smart. Oh, my God. They are branding everything. Just follow me on Twitter. I'll tell you everything that they're branding yeah, right now. You know, listen, takedown of the night, that's not really going to get anybody uh, happy. There's going to be 500 takedowns, You know, especially – if um, whoever is fighting, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's happening. Um, I think I don't know if you watch any of the Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder press conference. A little at all. bit, but switching to boxing. Nonsense. That's the first time Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren have ever met. Crazy. Yeah. Two of the biggest promoters in boxing, specifically in Europe, specifically in the UK, and they've never met before. That is. <laughs> That is bonkers. I, I'm sorry. So that just shows you what you know the state of boxing promoters. But anyway, that was the first time I ever met, and Anthony Joshua looked. I don't know. I don't know what. I, I don't know what's wrong with him. Scared. I don't know what's wrong with him. He looks. He he he. He's trying to talk shit to Otto Valine, who's like you know not talking shit at all. And then Jarrell Miller is like, yo, fuck this. You guys, nobody wants to talk shit. I'm gonna talk shit. And he starts talking shit, and then. Uh, Deontay Wilder's like, you know, if me and Anthony Joshua would never fight, that's okay. I have a lot of respect for him. And I'm like, oh, what are we doing here? You used to want to kill everybody. You're, you're supposed to talk to get excitement. That's what the press conference for. And now he's like, you know, if we never fight, that's okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope he, I hope he has a healthy life. I, I, you know, I really wish the best for him. I'm like, yeah, bro, come on, man. Nobody wants to, this see is not what the Saudis want. The Saudis want blood. Yeah. So oh, we know that. <laughs> so. There was that, and then uh, for this weekend we have Demetrius Andrade against uh, David Benavidez, Jose Benavidez Jr. Um, I guess the um, the worst of the fighting family, Benavidez, and as he will be taking on Jamal Charlo, um, so that should be pretty good. Demetrius Andrade tried to uh, try talking some trash to Benavidez. That was just not good. Is this also, the same <laughs> card? Yeah, it's the same card, and also uh, you have to watch. You have to look up a video. Where Andre and Jamal Jamal Charlie they used to have like a they used to go back and forth about who's ducking who, but they were sitting right next to each other during this while uh, Andre's trying to talk shit to Benavidez. But the, the whole time, like they're not just sitting next to each other. Like they, uh, Demetrius Andre's like basically has his arm 
around Jamal Charlo. Not actually, but like they're right on top of each other. And Jamal Charlo, the look on his face was like, yo, why is this guy right on me? <laughs> that was really funny. Um, and I think Subriel Matias is also going to be on this card. He fights at 140. Um, he's really good. He is really good from Puerto Rico. Uh, his only loss coming to Petros Anion a while ago in the fi- Wilder Fury 2 undercard. He just came off of a, a knockout win against Jeremiah Ponce. Pretty good win there. He's going to be on this card. Lamont Roach, Hector Garcia at 130. That's going to be a really good fight. Hector Garcia coming off that loss to Javante Davis uh, earlier this year. So try to get back from that. Sergey Lippin, yes. I can't believe he's still fighting. Jesus. He's on this card also. Uh, he hasn't fought in like a year or two. So that's fun. Andre Berto. Um, wait a minute. This has to be fake. Andre Berto, Robert Guerrero. Unconfirmed rumor on this card. Uh, two of Floyd's sons. Andre Berto is 40. And Robert Guerrero, I believe, is also 40. Uh, Robert Guerrero has not fought since he fought Victor Ortiz two and a half years ago, which that fight was just a, an absolute cesspool of a fight. And um, Andre Berto hasn't fought since he, since he fought Devon Alexander five and a half years ago. And that fight was a goddamn cesspool. So um, I hope that's not happening. I hope that's not happening, especially because I thought Robert Guerrero was in really bad shape physically. But um, And also, I think they fought, right? Didn't they fight before? So yeah, it looks like they are. <laughs> it looks like they will be fighting on this card. So yeah, that's um, it's not quite James Tony and Razor Ruddick, you know, but um, it's it's it's, it's close. There. Yeah. So also, Katie Taylor will be back, your girl, in the Dublin Three Arena against Chantel Cameron in a fight where she lost the first fight, and they're running it back. I think Chantel Cameron's going to smoke her again. So yeah, uh, she's a good move. First time in Katie Taylor uh, in her career that she's an underdog, a slight underdog. I think Chantel Cameron minus one forty. I'm absolutely betting on her. I don't care. I don't care what the the, the Dublin judges are going to do. They might do something. I don't know. Inside I'm going to absolutely get her out of there. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But I'm betting Chantel Cameron, and I'm definitely parlaying her. That's the pick. That's the pick of this weekend, folks. Do you like uh, Benavidez to win? Yeah, I think he should win. Andre's, you know, he's just getting old. Hasn't been active. This is Benavidez. This is pretty much the fight for Benavidez. Win this, win convincingly, and now you have Canelo's attention. Now is the time to fight Canelo. And a lot of people are picking him to beat Canelo in, in a potential matchup. I still need to see a little bit more. I think he's a little bit slower and plotty, um, but I think he is. I think he is super talented. Right? There's been times where we've seen him. Obviously, he's he's lost the belt twice, but not due to losing. Uh, the one time for the cocaine possession. Uh, or possession, the cocaine uh, drug test failure, and then the one where he missed weight. So just some uh, professionalism things that he needs to get under control. But I think he might be he might be the Canelo uh, the Canelo stopper at 168. So keep an eye on that. It's going to be on Showtime this weekend at the Mandalay Bay, which I had a nice view of for my uh, four and a half hour layover from hell. Um, so that should be that should be a good fight. I can't wait for that. So ladies and gentlemen, you have everything you need to know going into the weekend. Uh, enjoy your holiday. Also, real quick, Guys. that is Showtime's last boxing fight ever. So they're shutting shit down. Shutting shit down. They just shut down uh, Bellator as well. So it's, <laughs> they're getting out of the fight game, brother. They ain't <laughs> fucking around with Amazon, apparently, uh, and Netflix are going to be uh, trying to do some live fighting. So we'll see how that works. Well, I, I mean, I still have a Netflix subscri- subscription, so I might as well get something out of it. I don't watch shit on there right? anyway. So... Uh, <laughs> Like I said, enjoy your holiday, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back next week sometime uh, early on in the week to talk about – well, actually, we'll probably be on later in the week to talk about boxing and UFC and all that stuff to preview the Austin card, which actually will be pretty good. 
Um, yeah, so that, that was that December second, right? Yeah, is that? There's there one more? Is it? Do they have so next, they're off this weekend. Yeah, but then they have one next weekend, right? Yeah, that's okay, the that's, that's the Austin, Austin one, right? card. All right, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm losing. I just track I'm, of once there's yeah, I'm losing track of everything. Once there's one week off, I'm like, all right, where are we? Who's fighting? John Jones? What? So. Uh, so enjoy your holiday, enjoy the fights, enjoy the football, enjoy the food, enjoy the family, enjoy whatever it is that you like to do during this week. Black Friday football for the first time ever. Let's fucking do it. It's going to be a great little uh, couple days of a uh, reset. So ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matt McSweeney. I am Ty Capone. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure do not eat that dry ass turkey without putting something on it. Mac and cheese is a side. It absolutely is. <laughs>